Hello everyone, welcome to episode 16 of Fearless Fire. I am one of your hosts, James, and with me, joining me again today is Grant. Hi everyone, I hope everyone's well. Uh, just a quick recap, uh, in the last episode we looked at landing in strong winds and crosswinds. Uh, we just discussed how sort of planes have all their limitations. Well, pilots are always following them to ensure the safety for you passengers. But yeah, this episode we're going to be focusing on the air conditioning and the air filters and then briefly have a chat about pressurization, which this episode's quite good for the current climate we're in uh, with COVID and everything. So did you want to start? Uh, yeah. Later? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, good point about the air conditioning and the COVID thing. The And that's a concern to a lot of people with regard to the air flying around in the cabin. And some people have anxiety about what's actually in the air and how it's clean. But anyway, we'll have a chat about it here in this episode. So the air conditioning system provides fresh and conditioned air and our valves in the aircraft control the release of this air out of the cabin or the fuselage, which is how the pressurization system works. It's nice to have clean air circulating around us, which is where the air conditioning system comes into play. However, at altitude, the air outside does not have enough pressure in it to get into our bloodstream via our lungs. So we need that outside air to not only be conditioned to a nice temperature, we also need it to be pressurized to a level that will help our lungs be able to get it into the bloodstream. So in the early days of flying, there were engine-driven compressors attached to the engine gearbox, and these would provide air for us to breathe in the aircraft. However, engineers soon realized that you could just do away with these engine-driven compressors and that they're just, they could work by just stealing a bit of air out of the engine compressor instead. Yeah, that's right. And if you remember in an earlier episode uh, where we talked about engines and we're talking about the compressor spool, basically the engineers had a pipe with a valve on it that tapped some of that pressurized compressed air from the engine. So instead of all the air going through to the combustion chamber, it was basically stolen from the engine. That was for us to breathe. And we call the system bleed air because we are bleeding the engine of air. However, the disadvantage of this method is that it increased our fuel burn. The problem with this bleed air is that it had been heated up so much in the compression that it was way too hot for us to breathe. So it must be conditioned. And we do this with devices known as air conditioning packs, or what we term for short, aircon packs. Most aircraft work on a similar principle. These packs, in essence, they remove the heat from the engine bleed air, and they do this by a number of ways, but let's just keep it simple and say they do a good job at it. The process also removes moisture, or what little moisture there is in the atmosphere. Yeah, the inside components, obviously, of an aircraft, like uh, any vehicle, don't like moisture, because obviously it leads to rust and other sort of technical issues. So it's good for them, but not good for us, as we like a bit of humidity in the air and that's why often on older aircraft you get dry lips and uh, mouths are flying. Yeah I think you'll find like the likes of the um, latest planes I think the A350 and the, and the 787 they actually put moisture into it so their moisture content is a lot higher which is good for us when we're flying but yeah we know corrosion's an issue and uh, especially the older planes with too much moisture in there but anyway continuing on Basically, when we get this air from the engine, it goes into the air conditioning packs, and then it goes into a thing called a mix manifold. 
and you can think of this manifold as like a big blender where you'd mix all your ingredients of a cake. This is where air that is recirculated from the cabin via filters and it is mixed with fresh air from the air compacts. At this stage, you might feel like you're being robbed as the air you're getting is, is not all fresh. Two things, you are not being completely robbed. As the air that is recirculated, it's come in from the cabin and it has been through some seriously well-designed filters. And we'll talk more about these filters towards the end of the episode. Secondly, by recirculating the air that's coming from around the cabin, we don't need to draw as much bleed air off the engine. Therefore, we're not robbing the engine of too much of that compressed air, which means we can use less bleed air and thus we save on fuel. So on your triple seven, how much fuel are you actually saving? Or would you actually save if you didn't use or didn't recirculate this air? We have things called recirculation fans on the triple seven. And these fans are the fans that supply the cabin air for recirculating into that mixing manifold. If we turn those off, our fuel burn would increase by about 1.6%. So that doesn't sound like much, but on an eight-hour flight, you're looking at around about an extra tonne of fuel burn or or 2,200 pounds of fuel burn. So you mentioned these recirculation fans that are taking air from around the cabin. So you're, in essence, just recycling some of the air through the filters and mixing it with air from outside through these air compacts, and that saves a bit of fuel, but what sort of mix are you using between sort of the new air and the recirculation of air? Like what's the Yeah, there is a rough ratio. It's around 50-50 on the 777 of the total volume of the cabin. That air is exchanged every two to three minutes, and that's around 20 to 30 times an hour. So there's a heck of a lot of air being exchanged in the cabin. Now, because these cabins and some of the aircraft are quite large, and we have uh, quite a number of zones in the 777, there might be different temperature requirements in each cabin. So from the mixing manifold, this air is generally set to come out at the coldest selected temperature. However, if any other cabins need warmer air, then we give that air going into that cabin a blast of warm air from a hot air duct earlier on in the process. And we call this trim air then this brings the selected cabin's air temperature up to the required level. Now, we did mention earlier the smart engineers of the past came up with a cunning plan to steal air off the engines instead of a historical system where we used cumbersome, heavy air-driven engine compressors. The Boeing 787 has had a significant change in their ethos, and it's to do with electrical power generation. So they've worked out that with the engine bleed air and all the associated systems that you use, such as it needs to be pre-cooled, it has valves, it's got a lot more piping, not only is this heavy and takes up a lot more room, but there's a lot of wastage with the bleed air as well. And the thought process seems to be by using electricity, you only generate what you need. So the 787 has a separate electrically driven air compressor And what they've calculated is that this will reduce fuel burn by around about 3%. So that's a significant amount in savings. So this may be um, the start of a move away from engine bleed air in future aircraft designs. Anyway, whether it's air from the engine or a separate compressor, all this air is spread around the cabins for you to enjoy and keep alive. However, 
Some of it will come back to meet you again, as we said, uh, during the recirculation process. But before it does, it must go through some specialist filters. The most common one being a filter called a HEPA filter, and HEPA stands for High Efficiency Particulate Air Filter. It works by using close-knit fibres that trap impurities within the air and thus removing them from the circulation of the air. So it's not just dust and dirt they remove. They're very good at their job and they can extract bacteria, moisture, and more importantly, viruses. Yeah, so that brings us back to speaking at the beginning of the episode about COVID-19. So obviously, you're probably thinking about the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. And uh, we'll just read some stuff we got from the CDC's website, which is the Center of Disease Control and Prevention in America. And they stated that these HEPA filters capture 99.9% of particulate matter from the air, including fungi, bacteria, and viruses that range from 0.1 to 0.3 micrometers in diameter. Mm, Studies of the coronaviruses linked to COVID-19 have shown that the viral particles, or virions, range in a size from 0.06 to 1.4 micrometers, with the average size being 1. While that doesn't sound great, it's important to remember that the virus is not airborne. Although the smallest individual virions could indeed slip through a HEPA filter, they would never end up there unless they were contained within respiratory droplets produced when people cough, sneeze, breathe, and even talk, ranging the size from 5 micrometers up to as big as 10. They're still invisible to the naked eye, but in terms of HEPA filtration, they're huge. The downsides of the coronavirus not being airborne is that by piggybacking on respiratory droplets, it has the opportunity to land on flat surfaces. Mm. In a home environment, a HEPA filter purifier would be unable to eliminate the droplets at a sufficient rate to stop them from settling on surfaces. For this reason, home-based air purifiers, even those with HEPA filters, would be unlikely to protect you from COVID-19. However, on an airplane, it's a different story. The reason HEPA filters do provide protection on a plane but wouldn't at home is because of the rapid circulation of air in the cabin. On a typical narrowbody, for example, an Airbus A320 or Boeing 737, the air is completely renewed every two to three minutes, or 20 to 30 times every hour. The cabin air is a mix of fresh air, around 60 to 70%, and recirculated air. Even more crucially, the air is not recirculated around the aircraft in a way that would allow the virus to pass by other passengers. Air is sucked out of the cabin using vents on the floor, passed through HEPA filters, mixed with fresh air from the outside, and injected back in through air outlets and individual vents. This vertical movement of air forms a protective barrier between rows, making it highly unlikely that the virus could pass between passengers seated in front or behind them. As a result, the cabinet air environment is not conducive to the spread of the most infectious diseases. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because there's a lot of stuff I didn't realise there, but it's actually the HEPA filter and the recirculation system, it seems a lot more efficient at reducing viruses than I first thought. Mm. So we've discussed there where the air comes from, how it is recirculated to improve fuel efficiency, how it's temperature controlled, and finally, in that recirculating process, how it is filtered. But what about like how we pressurise on board? Basically, the air is being pumped into a solid tube. The fuselage is a solid tube. And you can think of it like blowing into an empty two-litre plastic bottle that has been crushed. 
the bottle uncrushes and it gets to a point where your lungs can't blow any more air into the bottle. Now, if you hook this bottle up to a mechanical air compressor and kept blowing air into it, the pressure would keep building up until the bottle blew up. Now, a planar altitude is just like this bottle, and with the air conditioning system pumping air into the fuselage, it would keep pressurizing until the fuselage went bang. Not very good. But the good news is we have some valves that release this pressure, and they do so in such a way that it maintains a higher pressure in the cabin than outside the aircraft cabin. And thus you have a pressurized fuselage. We call these valves the outflow valves, and in case they mechanically fail, we have a backup safety valve in the fuselage, which would prevent the fuselage becoming overpressurized, so no bang like a Coke bottle. So that's basically the pressurization system. So that's interesting because a lot of people probably wouldn't have known how the aircraft is kept to a higher pressure level than the well, outside the aircraft. Yeah. So just to summarize uh, the whole episode, Uh, that we've just been through the engines generally provide air from their compressors however the likes of the 787 have seen a change in the design of the air supply to the aircraft with either system a supply system you as a passenger won't actually know any difference between the older and the, the newer sort of air conditioning system yeah you probably won't notice a difference however i think with the more modern airplanes they're able to not only run a cabin at a higher pressure so that's like being closer to the ground, they're also able to put more moisture into the system. So you on a flight going from A to B might come off feeling more refreshed if you do this flight all the time, as opposed to you flying on an older type aircraft. It's supposed to make us get off the airplane feeling a little bit more human, if you see what I mean. Yeah, well, uh, whichever supply of fresh air uh, you get, it still gets mixed with the cabin air, which significantly saves airlines on fuel. And that air is still in the cabin, is still renewed regularly and gets vented into the cabin at a temperature that's set by the cabin crew, generally around 23 degrees. Although I believe they warm it up when they want passengers to sleep, they can control sleep patterns with it. Yeah, we work on 23 degrees centigrade or 73 degrees Fahrenheit. But generally at night when people are sleeping, the cabin temperature is bumped up a little bit just to keep people because their body temperature obviously lowers it when they go to sleep so it helps them sleep yeah so that's yeah that's quite an interesting little thing so lastly we discussed pressurization of an aircraft and how there's an outflow valve that controls the amount of air that leaves the aircraft cabin and in doing so means that the outflow valve controls the pressure of the cabin i think that's uh summarized all our three yeah That's good. And that leads us on to the next episode where we're just going to look into the pressurization system and we're going to have a chat about the backup systems and discuss that exciting PA that the cabin crew have to say on every flight during their safety demonstration that in the unlikely event of a cabin depressurization, put your mask on first before choosing to help your fellow passengers. So we're going to have a look at the pressurization system, why we need it, what happens during the depressurization and some of the safety systems that are involved with that. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a, an interesting one, just discussing some more on, I'm sure, an area which people, they hear about a lot. Probably quite exciting, excited to uh, learn how it actually works. So I'm excited for that one. Anyway, until the next one, it's goodbye from me. See you around. Yep. And it's goodbye from me. Thanks for listening and look forward to chatting to you on the next episode.